This is Just Saying. With, oh, wait, I, I, I got the name wrong right away. This is Beckett Millhaven, Just Saying. Not Just Saying with Beckett Millhaven. It's Beckett Millhaven, Just Saying. I'm Tom Becker. I'm a McGraw Millhaven, and whatever we're saying, we're not saying it very well. Well, yes, yeah, you got a mouth. What are you eating? You're, you're eating right before you go on and do this. Cold what pizza. Huh? Cold pizza. The breakfast of champions. It's not just any cold pizza. It was pizza that I made myself from my big green egg. I have not got one of those, but everybody that has one really seems to love it. I love it. I what, what's, so, what's so good about it? Well, first of all, you should try my pizza cold. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, I will admit, that may be the breakfast of champions. I mean, cold pizza is like the best. Cold pizza is good. The warm, I, mean, I have some uh, family in town. And uh, last night I made some uh, pizza. And it's, it's, it's a pizza oven in a sense. It's, it's ceramic. And so it retains the heat well. So you get just the juice. You can do all things with it. You can make like a, you can have like a, a burnt outside of a steak and like a medium rare inside, right? You can have crust on the outside, medium rare on the inside. Um, you can do wings. You can do smoke. You can do pizza. You can do eggs. I mean, it's, it's, you can do anything. It's fantastic. Cause I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about getting a smoker. My brother-in-law, it was my nephew's birthday last week. My brother-in-law has a smoker. And he smoked some pulled pork with a hickory smoke. Yeah. Oh, God. Was that, and it was wrapped in bacon. Oh, I'm telling you, that, that was living right there. That, that you was- know, growing up in New York, um, I didn't understand what, like, barbecue was. I actually thought barbecue was like a sauce. Yeah. And when you went to McDonald's, you would ask for a barbecue sauce, and you would put that barbecue sauce on your hamburger and you would be having barbecue or like grilling outside. But when I came to the Midwest in St. Louis, now I've been here 20 some odd years, the smoked ribs, the smoked turkey, the smoked chicken, it is the best food around. Uh, you know what? I, well, it's no cold pizza for breakfast, but it's not bad. Well, I'll tell you, I got a smoker. I got a Traeger and I do my, uh, my uh, ribs on the Traeger. Um, but I'm actually thinking about getting rid of my, I have a Traeger, I got a Weber gas grill, and I got a big green egg. And I find myself not using the Traeger. I use the big green egg for my smoker. Well, I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to get one. That, okay. That's on the list now. That's on the list. I've been working yeah. in my backyard, getting my backyard all ready for spring and summer. And so I'm, uh, that, that, okay. That's on the list now. going to get Gonna get, gonna get a smoker. Anyway, it's the so, best. Uh, you know, the other thing too is it's a whole like subculture, right? You get the tongs and you get your hat and you get your, you know, pizza cutter and you get, I mean, it's a whole thing. Have you ever been to, uh, like when I live in Kansas City, have you ever been to the American Royal? I can't remember if you ever came out for that or not. Uh, don't go, you're eating now while I'm talking. Because I'm talking doesn't mean you can eat. Because he had a mouthful of food right now. This is very unprofessional. Say something interesting and I won't be eating. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. Was that out loud in a voice? You took me to to Arthur Miller's in Kansas City. No, Arthur Bryant's. Arthur Bryant. Arthur Miller's is a dad's studio. We went dancing one time together, you and me. (laughs) God, you are pathetic. Yeah, Arthur Bryant's. No, but 
No, no, but the the American Royal in Kansas City is like the world class barbecue uh, barbecue uh, event. And I mean, this, this it's a cult. I mean, these people are so into it. It's a cult. And I'm talking about, you know, you talk about, okay, you have your little green egg and those things are, those are I mean, they're expensive, what, $1,000 or so, right? Oh, yeah. Well, just to start with, then you got to get a stand and you got to get this and that. I mean, it's, you're looking at 1500 easy. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about, you go to the American Royal and you got guys with smokers that are like $15,000, $20,000. And I mean, and it's a whole, I mean, it is, they are intense. These people are intense. And have you ever have you ever uh, judged uh, a uh, barbecue competition using uh, the current Kansas City barbecue rules? I would rather be a judge in a contested election site than a judge for a barbecue <laughs> competition because they make it <laughs> they make it for real at those barbecue competitions. They ain't joking. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You may not make any friends, but that's why you always blame the other judges. I, whenever I judge something like that, I just tell them right in front. I said, I want you all to know I'm giving you all A's. So if you don't win, it's the other judge's fault. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, St. Louis has this St. Louis um, Barbecue uh, Association, and they do this thing like NASCAR. They have different uh, weekends at different barbecue venues. And um, it's like a NASCAR event. So who got first place on Tuesday at the Shriners event, right? For yeah. ribs and chicken and whatever else. And then they, they would get a thousand points. And then next week they came in third. And, and then, then they had like the barbecue cup. And so I, the first year I was asked to MC the St. Louis Barbecue Festival's award show. And um, each team, there was like, you know, 30, 40 teams that were nominated. So each team was asked to bring a dish to feed everybody else. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, this was a bad idea because they all had to out smoke and barbecue everybody else. So you got there and somebody was in charge of desserts. So they had smoked brownies. Someone was in charge of pasta. They had, you know, smoked pizza and smoked pasta and smoked a bananas. I mean, it. Why I emceed this event with like protein sweats. I ate so much. It was the finest meal I've ever had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No man, and you get it like smoked vegetables and yeah. smoked fruit. Oh my god, smoked apples. Oh my goodness, yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, but you're right, man. But but if you, do you judge one of these things? And the rules are such. I mean, you gotta. There's a whole thing, and it's it's intense. It is. Uh, uh, it, it's fascinating, and it's a it's a hell of a subculture, and uh, and I love it. And if if you're listening and you want to invite me, and you're you're smoking some food, hey, I'll, I'll be right over. Because um, yeah, that is that is good eating. So um, anyway, so what's uh? Well, by the way, we're going to do over and under again later on in the podcast. So people will tease us for later in the podcast. Over and under, which is where we talk about the most uh, over reported story of the week. And the most underreported story of the week, and that'll be that'll be coming up in just a little bit. On um, yes, on the podcast, on the podcast, yeah, I know that's the old radio guy in me because you don't really need to be teasing stuff like that in a podcast like you do in a radio because the radio they got to have you get the quarter hour maintenance and all that stuff. We got a new uh, traffic guy, um, and uh, today we're recording this on Wednesday, and he was like from the highways and byways on a hump day, and after he got finished, I said, "Hey, I'm." I'm like, I said to him, hey, your FM is showing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say hump days, but just don't say highways and byways. That's 
sideways and, and hump day. I was like, really? Hump day? Okay, it's it's two for Tuesday here. Um, anyway. All right. So what's what's your uh, what's your news of the day? I don't know, man. I, you know, I mean, I think uh, overall, you know, uh, what I what I think is interesting, you know, we talked uh, you're in the process of trying to sell your house and and then you're eating again. Like every you're just asking me a question to talk so that you can eat. You should have you should have started eating before we started doing this podcast. Are you done? I'm waiting for you to finish chewing. <laughs> I didn't know my eating was so offensive to you, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're eating in front. It's it's rude to eat in front of somebody. I mean, I know this is an audio thing; they can't see it, but I, I'm watching you on Zoom. I see you eating. I mean, it's look away. Oh God! Anyway, um, so anyway, so I know you're in the process of trying to sell your house, and I also do some real estate on the side. The real estate market is uh, starting to cool off uh, as the more as the mortgage rates have gone up. Uh, where a couple of weeks ago, you know, a month or so ago, it was like you know multiple offers, and it just seems like overnight things have slowed down. Um, in all price rate, ranges, rates in all price up. ranges, um, like high end houses, first time home buyers, you seeing uh, any difference? Uh, it, there is a, a yeah. I mean, it, it does. It's all relative, you know. I mean, you may be a high end buyer, a high end buyer that can afford to buy at three and a half percent, but you can't afford to buy at five and a half percent. Well, you seeing, can. You just can't buy the million dollar house. You have to buy the eight hundred thousand dollar house. Well, okay. Well, don't have it. You were talking about this is affecting high end buyers. Yeah. So if you're going down a notch or two, yeah. Hmm. You know, and and and, and uh, also seeing we're starting to see an increase in like uh, the um, uh, uh, what's it called the the loans uh, the. Uh, refinancing no not the refinance no, everybody refinanced when it was three percent no there's no refinancing going on now at five percent no we're seeing the uh uh adjustable rate mortgage that's what i was thinking oh uh, yeah the arms yeah the arms you're seeing you're seeing an increase in those whereas before uh you know everything was 30 year conventional but now you're seeing uh some more arm uh it kind of makes sense right i mean if if yeah. the rate is five and you can get an arm for four and a half or something Right? It's it's a gamble, you know. It's a gamble, but if you hey, know, you know what, life's a gamble. Hey, oh my goodness, aren't you philosophical? Well, I'm eating the cold pizza. It makes me philosophical. Life is a gamble. Oh, well, you're can right I about talk, that. Can right I talk? That. Can uh, I talk, Kevin McCarthy? Pardon? Can I talk, Kevin McCarthy? Uh, yeah, most certainly can. Yes. I love this guy. You were the one who brought up that the only difference between. Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi is that he says it privately and she says it publicly. Yeah. I, I, I said on the radio that I think Matt Gates has a point, right? I mean, and I think Tucker Carlson has a point. This guy is, is an anti-Trumper and we now know it, but how come the anti-Trumpers just as long as you lie to them to their face, they're okay with it. Right. You can, say, you can say anything you want bad about them behind their back, but just as long as you lie to them straight to their face consistently without any deviation, you're okay. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because this ties in with something that's happening here in Nebraska. Uh, I know you know about this, but in Nebraska, we have a, a candidate for governor who's a big Trumper. As a matter of fact, Trump's coming to town. Uh, this is Wednesday. He's coming to town on Friday. So, to, so we, well, we record this on Wednesday, whatever day you're listening to it. But he's going to be in town on Friday. And Trump's coming to town. And this, and this guy is a big Trumper, right? He's a big Trumper. He's also been accused of, uh, like, groping and sexually uh, assaulting, like, eight women. And uh, seven or eight women. 
Uh, one of them has only come on the record. Only one has given a name to it. The others have, you know, given talked to the reporter on, uh, you know, with anonymity, and then the reporter went and verified it with other witnesses and people that saw it and that sort of a thing. So we got this going on, and so now a group of Republican women, uh, actually every woman in the in the unicameral here in Nebraska, uh, support this senator. There's a state senator, by the way, that says she was groped. Right. Uh, by it. Okay. And all the women in the unicameral were supporting her and everything like that. But, you know, everybody was saying, well, why, why wouldn't she speak out? Why wouldn't she speak out? And the argument is, well, they weren't, she didn't speak out because, you know, she's afraid to speak out against a rich and powerful man. You know, you're, you're a young, you're a young person starting off in your career. You get groped by some old rich white guy and, and, uh, you know, you're afraid to speak out against him because you're afraid it's going to damage your career. The only women who are allowed to wait before they speak out are ones who are accusing democratic elected officials. They have the time to wait to speak out. If you're accusing a Republican, you have to do it immediately. Well, yeah, and you're, you're, you're getting away from the point I want to make with this, okay? Well, get to it, because I got more pizza. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so these women were talking about how, you know, how, how, how a woman can't speak out against a, a rich man with power. Is that any different than these Republicans that were attacked in the House and the Senate who are afraid to speak out against a rich guy with power? and called Trump for what he did. You know, I mean, you know, Liz Cheney is a brave, brave woman who spoke out. She's brave and now she's she's thrown of an island onto herself because, you know, nobody else wants to be associated with her because they're too cowardly to speak out against a rich, powerful woman when indeed it's the same thing with these uh, women that have been uh, accused of, uh, uh, that are accusing Herbster of assaulting them. You know, they were afraid to speak out. Now, let me make one more point, and then I'll let you, you know, finish your pizza, and then I'll, I'll let you talk. I believe, in my heart of hearts, I believe that when we should treat sexual assault like we treat every other crime. And I know this is controversial. I'll probably get some hate mail on this. I believe we should treat it like every other crime. If a woman has been sexually assaulted, she should come forward and name her accuser. You know, and, 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 and come forward with it. Because I think that Accusing somebody of, the, of a crime like this is a heinous thing. So to be able to do it anonymously, especially in a political climate like this, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the argument could be made that this is all political. I don't believe it is. But I think that, you know, if a, if a, if a person is robbed, their name is given. Uh, if a person is murdered, their name is given. If a person has, you know, any other any other crime against them, their name is given. I think this should be the same. I think this should be, I think we should destigmatize sexual uh, offenses like this because it sort of puts a shame on the victim. Well, and that's I, a whole, I don't that's think that's whole, right. No, <clears throat> um, that's, you've opened up a can of worms inside a can of worms on top of a can of worms. I mean, that is a pretty loaded and, um, you know, definitive statement. I, I I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down that I think road. I started off saying that that's what this was going to be. I believe I, I preface yeah. it with that. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I get what you're saying in theory, but in practice, I don't necessarily think it works. But your point about not wanting to go up against a rich and powerful person, you have Kevin McCarthy, 
not wanting to go up against a rich and powerful person like Donald Trump. So he says this guy's a lunatic in private. It comes out in public and he has to somehow, right, lie to say he really didn't mean what he said. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Now you have these House members who are afraid of the rich and the powerful, like Kevin McCarthy. So they have to not call out Kevin McCarthy because if they call him out, he might, you know, take away their assignments, take away their fundraising. So they can't publicly shame this anti-Trumper who is clearly anti-Trumper and can't call him out to protect Trump because he's so powerful. And McCarthy can't publicly say that Trump's an idiot because Trump would come down on him. So it's these people are all afraid of everybody else. Why isn't there one person to stand up and actually say what they believe like Liz Cheney and Liz Cheney loses all support and all of her power because she stands up and says what she actually believes. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. You know, or, or Adam Kinzinger does it, but then he says, I'm through with this shit. And he, you know, he's quitting, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's paying the price. He's paying the price for it, you know, um, and, that, and that's wrong. Well, but, but I say the same thing as um, Kevin McCarthy. I'm the liberal. He becomes Speaker of the House for the Republican Party. How does that make any sense? Well, okay. But you, know, you and I have had this conversation many times. Yeah. Compared to um, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy is a liberal. Whatever. I don't even know what the definition of conservative and liberal means anymore. Do you? I mean, does conservative mean I got to be angry all the time? Does conservative mean that I got to I gotta hate, you know, uh, minorities or disenfranchised people? I mean, what does conservative even mean anymore? What is, Funny, you know? So the, they got a, the primaries starting here in Missouri. And this Eric Reitens, uh, who's a Trumper, or was a Democrat, now is a Trumper, uh, against Eric Schmidt, who was a... I would say a Bush, a Republican, now a Trumper. Now they're running campaign ads that, um, you know, one's a liberal, one's really a closet liberal, the other one's a closet liberal. He says he's conservative, but he <laughs> but he agreed with Joe Biden. What conservative ever agrees with Joe Biden? Yeah. So now you're seeing a war within the Republican Party because, and, and instead of calling the liberals the liberals, now they're calling conservatives the liberals. The George Soros-funded liberals who are running in the conservative party. Even worse than that, they're not called liberals. They're called rhinos, Republicans in name only. You think a little bit different than me, so therefore, oh, you're not one of us. You're not really a Republican. How these people lap this up? How does any conservative look at Kevin McCarthy and? And 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 buy his garbage. I don't get it. I mean, if you believe Matt Gates is right, that is your prerogative, right? If you think Liz Cheney's a fool, if you think Matt Gates is right, and you think Marjorie Taylor Greene's right, then Kevin McCarthy is a fraud. And you you've got to acknowledge how do you how do you figure that both of them you agree with? I mean, Kevin McCarthy is a fraud, and I believe Tucker Carlson. That t- he Tucker Carlson's the only one calling out Kevin McCarthy. 
Yeah, but okay. Well, so now, so now, so then, then you must be some sort of ultra conservative right wing nut job because if you're agreeing with uh, Tucker Carlson, who, by the way, I disagree with Tucker Carlson because I'm, I, I'm more the in line here because Tucker Carlson is more in line with the Marjorie Taylor Greens, you know. Who, by the way, that's sort of I think who leaked the, this audio. You know, people want yeah, to blame Liz Cheney. I think I think it's probably people, somebody on the really on the far right that want to do it to discredit Kevin McCarthy. But uh, I, I can't take much of anything Tucker Carlson says. Seriously. Well, look, I, I'm not saying I agree with everything Tucker Carlson says. I agree with Tucker Carlson when he says that Kevin McCarthy, when he calls out Kevin McCarthy for being a fraud and being a a vehicle for the Democratic Party, because the Democratic Party, um, you know, doesn't want Trump. And Kevin McCarthy clearly doesn't want but, President but, Trump. But Republicans don't want Trump either, but they're afraid to speak out about it. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if you're a Trumper, if you're a true Trumper, how do you how do you put up with the Lindsey Grahams of the world, the Kevin McCarthy's of the world? Right. I mean, they despise Liz Cheney. Why? You know where Liz Cheney stands. You. Kevin McCarthy's lying to you. Liz Cheney's not. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Well, you mean that liberal, Liz Cheney, that yeah. liberal? Right. This Who voted thing. for it's, it's, Trump's tax credits. People wonder why I drink. This thing is just so crazy. Isn't it just so crazy? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so like I said, Trump's coming to town, right? And I was driving, through, he's going to be in a, a small town just outside of Omaha where they have a speedway, Greenwood Speedway. What are you, you just turned off your camera. Are you eating? Did you turn off your camera so you can eat? This is not- Yes. <laughs> oh, dear God. So anyway, so anyway, so he's coming, Trump is coming down in a small town outside of Omaha where they have a, a, a motor speedway. And I was, I had to be out that way anyway, so I drove past there and this is like on Tuesday, and Trump's going to be in town on Friday. They're all are already, uh, like you know the, you know let's go Brandon flags and MAGA hats and all that stuff. They're selling the swag already on the side of the road, going into the uh, where the uh, where the rally is supposed to be on Friday. You know, I mean they're already selling the swag. I mean the circus is coming to town. It, it, it's it's the most bizarre thing. So I stopped and I asked one of the vendors, I said, so tell me, you know, I said, I'm, I'm kind of a conservative guy, but I want the conservatives used to be. I mean, I'm not really a Trumper. What do you like about Trump? And he starts talking about how, well, Trump is just like Ronald Reagan. Just, you know, Ronald Reagan was an actor. He didn't have any government experience. I said, what do, what do you mean he didn't have any government experience? He was governor of the state of California, which is like what, the fourth or fifth largest uh, economy in the world. You know, but but they just well, you know, because uh, Reagan was an actor, Trump's an actor, so they're both the same. No, they're not. Reagan made the Reagan made the enemy the Russians, the Soviet Union. Reagan didn't make the enemy other Americans. Reagan Reagan would go and argue with Tip O'Neill, but then they would go have a beer together. I mean, we need to get back to the Reagan form of conservatism. I think, although I think Reagan can be blamed for some of this. Um, uh, division that we see now, the, the, some of the some of the uh, uh, you know culture uh, wars that are going on. I think he may be this sort of be the start of that. What he remember, hooked up with Terry Paul. Do you remember Brian Bosworth? Oh, Brian Bosworth, the yeah, football player, yeah. 
Yeah, he's a linebacker for the Oklahoma Sooners back in the 80s. Yeah, and the New York Jets. He was drafted by the Seattle uh, Seahawks. That's right. And um, they would play the Denver Broncos twice a year. And in his rookie year, when Seattle was going to play Denver, in Denver, all of a sudden, the week of the Seattle game, people started seeing these T-shirts that said, I hate Brian Bosworth. And it was like, oh, my goodness, I need one of those. I need one of those. And so there was this, like, rush on Brian Bosworth T-shirts and all this swag. And people wore it to the game, and they were, you know, just slapping each other. I got one. Did you get one? I go, I hate Brian Bosworth. And after the game, Brian Bosworth admits and comes clean and says, I was the one, and my company was selling those (laughs) T-shirts. Now, I don't know why liberals aren't out there selling MAGA shirts and let's go Brandon t-shirts to these whack jobs <laughs> and then and then and then have it fund you know Nancy Pelosi's pack or something that would actually that would be funny that would be funny yeah actually the similar thing happened in Ohio when I was growing up in Ohio you know the big Ohio State Michigan rivalry and go blue. yeah well that, okay that's just it there are these bumper stickers that said go blue blue but on the bottom it had you know copyright gbbm okay right before and so like all season long you're seeing the people that are michigan fans living in columbus ohio because there were some you know a bunch of michigan fans or people that were like against ohio state my god how much pizza did you make you're just eating up a storm it just looks like it because you call me out every time anyway so so anyway, so these bumper stickers, so you saw these bumper stickers around there, you know, go blue, a copyright GBBM. And the copyright, the GBBM stood for go Bucks beat Michigan. Right. <laughs> and so that was it. It was the same. It was Ohio State firm that was selling, that was selling the uh the uh Michigan bumper stickers as a way to basically uh you know prank uh you know the uh the Michigan. All right, let's do over under. I gotta get out of here. Oh yeah, where do you gotta go? I'm going to the Met game. I'm going to the Met game. That's right. Uh, what you're going to the Cardinal game? You live in St. Louis. Well, they're playing the Mets. What? And then why? If you go to the game, why didn't? Why did you fill up on pizza when you can have hot dogs at the ballpark? And hot dogs at the ballpark is a better meal than cold pizza. Well, that's for another topic. But who says I can't have a hot dog after the cold pizza? <laughs> I guess. I guess you're right. This it's is a four-hour game. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think. In, 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 in some ways, I think the overreported and the underreported story are the same. That's the what, overreported, that was my like two weeks ago, but that's all right. Oh, really? Okay, so what is your overreported? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say, I'll say the Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Oh, okay. I, th- I think, because on one hand, I mean, that was the story. Elon Musk is taking over Twitter, and liberals are upset, and will Donald Trump come back, and all that stuff. All right. I think the underreported part of that, though, I mean, the underreported part of that is just, you know, okay, so what does this really mean as far as the dissemination of information and how we get our information? Because I know that I was listening to your show, your, your radio show, Brown Millhaven can be heard on the KTRS app every morning. Uh, give you a plug there. You, you, do you eat that much when you're on the radio, too? Do you eat, do you eat that much like, like during commercial breaks? Do you eat pizza while you're on, on the air? Finish your comments. I, I anyway, gotta go. Anyway, okay. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you're. I want to catch the first pitch. I can listen to you anytime. Tight schedule. So anyway, so um, 
I was listening to you, and, and a person called up and said, you know, okay, so Elon Musk owns Twitter. What's the difference between, like, Bloomberg owning, all, you know, all these uh, news outlets or, you know, I guess maybe, like, Clear Channel owning all these radio stations and stuff like that? And somebody that texted you, I heard, I heard the text say, and which I think made, you know, incredible sense. The texter said that, you know, what Bloomberg and these others, they have their names attached to it and editors that are responsible for the information they're putting out. With Twitter, you can put out anything and you know there's no there's no responsibility to it. I think that's being you know more underreported. I also think the idea though, you know, everybody else is freaking out about Elon Musk owning Twitter. I think if Elon Musk gets rid of all the bots, if he gets rid of all the bots, there'll be six people on Twitter. That could very well be. But you know what? Those six people will at least have their name attached to it. And you'll be able to say, okay, now that is free speech, as opposed to uh, gross disinformation being put out by a, by a bunch of bots from who knows where. Well, first of all, Tesla, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that Tesla is the biggest story of the week. I don't know if it's overhyped. I think it's, I think it's misunderstood more than anything else. First of all, Tesla stock tanked. Uh, Twitter stock is down today, Wednesday. There's some thought that because Tesla stock lost $21 billion, or he lost $21 billion, that he might pull out of this Twitter deal. So I'm not so sure it's a done deal yet. But here's, my, here's, here's what kills me about this story. The misinformation. What idiot out there thinks that their free speech rights are derived from Elon Musk? You don't get your free speech rights from Elon Musk. If Elon Musk owns Twitter, he can say, you, I don't like anything you say. I'm going to take everything you say and edit it, cancel it, whatever else. That's his right. It's his company. I don't have any constitutional right to say anything I want on somebody else's platform that they own. So this whole conversation about free speech is bonkers, okay? No one's infringing on President Trump's free speech right by banning him from Twitter. You can't, an individual can't, I can't infringe upon your free speech rights. So that's insane. Well, I, I could not agree with you more, but I think you're also missing one point of this that at least, you know, needs to be uh, reinforced. Yes, you do have a free speech right, but with, re, but with rights come responsibilities. And the responsibility is you don't use your platform to call for an insurrection. You don't use your platform as a way to go and, uh, you know, tell lies about a, a virus. You don't use your platform as a way to, you know, uh, cause harm to other people. Yeah, you have a free speech right, but with rights come responsibilities. I mean, the over-clichéd use of you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Which, by the way, are there even crowded movie theaters anymore? <laughs> but... You can't yell fire in a crowded insurrection meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, okay, well, you got to go to a ball game, huh? All right, so that's my over or my misunder. My under, I got two unders today. Okay. One, do you remember Deborah Blix? Remember her? Yeah, well, the, 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 um, the, the, like the undersecretary to Anthony Fauci or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. was, the, yeah, she was the, um, uh, on the COVID team, she was the one right. who stood up behind Trump and was there when he was telling people to drink Clorox and all that stuff. She's got a book coming out. And in the book, she says that Fauci and her and everybody else on President Trump's COVID team had a pact that if one were fired, 
they would all quit. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting, right? Because everyone thought that everyone, everybody wanted him to fire Fauci or fire this one or fire that one. But they had a pact that said that if one goes, they all go. I think that's really interesting and should be kind of talked about a little more. Well, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And you got you got people was Oklahoma, like uh, I think an Oklahoma guy running for Congress, you know, wants to have Fauci tried and and uh, and hung. Yeah, I mean, it was like, what, what yeah. the hell is, uh, you know, yeah. the, the craziness again with rights and responsibilities. Well, and that guy will be so glad that Elon Musk is going to allow free speech <laughs> on, yeah. on Twitter, but let's kill Fauci. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for free speech. Disney, you lose all your tax credits for disagreeing with me. So it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, other, the other story that I thought was really interesting that's not getting any play and should is, okay, now that Russia has announced that they're going to cut off natural gas to Poland and Belarus and all this and that, there's a question. How come American oil and gas companies aren't pumping more oil and gas to sort of take over the void of Russia and make, you know, make bucks. I look, I don't know this for a fact, but I believe it's more of a refinery problem. No, it's not actually. There was a story out today in the New York Times that the oil and gas companies are afraid to start investing in new oil fields and uh, more technology and whatever else. A little bit has to do with they don't have enough human uh, human capacity, but but they're more worried about that they feel this is a temporary spike, and if they invest the millions and billions it is to go find it and explore it and pump it out, that gas will plummet, and they're going to be a victim of their own success, have oversupply, the price of gas will tumble, and they'll lose money. That makes a lot of sense too. It was really but very on interesting. On the other hand, on the other hand, I might suggest that those markets ain't coming back. Okay, so in other words, if Poland needs gas and we can supply it, right? When Russia starts selling gas again and back on the open market, we've now got a customer that we didn't have before. No, I, I, I that's a all valid point. But I mean, it's not as simple as you know, Biden's a liberal. That's why gas prices are at four dollars. Well, okay. Now, real quick, I know you got to run, but real quick. Did you see there was uh, there's a video that's been going around, uh, went, went pretty viral about some rancher in South Texas when um, uh, when they tried to do the, uh, the the blockade, the trucker blockade, and the Mexican border coming in, right? Yeah, yeah. And this this uh, this rancher down there in Texas was basically saying, look, these are the Republicans trying to cause supply chain problems, trying to cause shortages, trying to cause inflation as a uh, uh, as a um, um, uh, an election year tactic, right. which you know you really can't. Yeah, that makes that's a valid point. You know, I mean, more Republicans should be working with the Democrats to solve these problems, as opposed to just pointing fingers and saying, "Look what they're doing to you." You know, and Democrats should be working with the Republicans as well. I mean, we're all Americans. We should be working together for these problems, as opposed to just pointing fingers at politicians and saying they're the blame. You mean you mean solve the immigration crisis as opposed to complain about it? There you go. There's that George Soros Benghazi philosophy once oh, again. Oh, I know. What about Hillary's emails? <laughs> what about Hunter Biden's, Biden's email, laptop? Yeah, Hunter's emails on Hillary's, yeah. Oh, I think Hillary had emails too. It's all about the emails. All right, yeah, get the hell out of here. Go, 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 hey, go finish your pizza. Tom, who, who's, 
Who's in first place in the National League? Uh, National League East. Uh, your Mets. Your Mets are. Good question. Who has the best record in the National League? Uh, your Mets do. Yes. Uh, one, one, one more. Who has the best record in all of Major League Baseball? Uh, the Mets. Let's go, Mets go. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. Who won the World Series between Kansas City and the Mets? The Mets, I believe. That's, you know, that's, that's so you. You're so living in the past. Okay. That's question, such a, question, question number two. Question number two. That's such a big government, you know, spending issue. Question number two. How long is this season? Hey, you know what? The Mets are in first place so few times. I'm going to take it and enjoy <laughs> it. The Mets have the teamwork to make the dream work. Okay. That's all there is to it. Let's go. Mets go. My, my, my guardians, my guardians are on a five game losing streak. They were doing so well there for a while. And then, uh, they uh, down a five game losing streak. They got to turn this thing around. But uh, when we went to that world series game in Kansas city, I'm wearing a Mets Jersey and I'm waiting on line for a soda. And this sweet old lady's in front of me. She's got her Royals shirt on. She got her Royals earrings. Her Royals hat, her Royals blanket, her Royals shoes, this sweet old lady. And I'm waiting there. I'm like, hi, how are you? She turns to me and says, why don't you just go home? <laughs> I was like, I, I, live in Canada. I live in St. Louis. <laughs> why don't you just go home? I was like, oh, welcome to, welcome to Kauffman Stadium to you too, lady. Yeah, it's like, it's like, how dare you root for the other side? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is America encapsulated. Exactly right. That's it's exactly America right. encapsulated. Yeah. That's exactly right. Don't, don't worry about enjoying the game. Now, best of luck to you. It's like, just go home. Quit hey, getting a mess, man. Tom, why don't you just go home? Just, just go home. Why don't you just go to a ball game, man? I'm jealous. Have a good time. I'm out. Later. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Huda Media Production.